You're stupid too as I You're stupid too as I You'll never live You'll never die You're stupid too as I Welcome back to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast The daily podcast where we analyze the movie Better Off Dead One Me, 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 please Minute at a time I'm Curtis Blaze from thesacknews.com. And I'm Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. Today we are breaking down Minute 25, which starts with Mr. Kerber finishing conveying his paltry geometric dilemma and ends with Lane being called to the board to demonstrate his answer. Curtis, want a flim flamma <laughs> I'm not sure we can do that on a family show, Jason, but how about a summary? Oh, sure. That I can do. In the last minute, we learned that the class had a geometric dilemma to solve. As the minute opens, Mr. Kerber finishes explaining what the assignment was and asks for the class's results. At 24 minutes and 8 seconds, the class erupts in a flurry of activity as students unhinge, slide, and pop out their many multiple instruments they use to solve the proof. At 24 minutes and 22 seconds, we start to suspect that Lane did not prepare for the assignment. And as the minute ends, it is confirmed that Lane did not do the assignment. Well, Jason, the look of fear on young Mr. Lane's face. Young Mr. Meyer's face. I think we've all been there. Oh, yeah. That dawning look of horror. Man, John Cusack's a good actor. Now, probably, not being an actor myself, any actor would hear me say that and go, Oh, God, I could have done that. (laughs) But you know what? I I don't see that played convincingly a lot. It's more obvious or it's less obvious. Yeah. He brings just the right mix of, oh my God, to the situation. Yeah. Let's talk about the stuff that the students brought to class. Okay. I'm down with that. But I'll have you know I paused and went forward and backwards and tried to figure it all out. Yeah, we use the Pruder film this a lot. The most inexplicable one to me is, well, okay, no, the giant accounting ledger is the most explicable explainable plausible plausible there we go thank you i'm an idiot but only in real life the telescoping metal file organizer where the files are just sitting on top of the thing logically if that was pushed together the files would pop out the top yeah like like that's just a thing to display tile or files it's almost like she had to bring it separately and then set the files on them so she could array this thing out in front of her and then have the files at hand yeah. It's like she was expecting to give a presentation. So she she probably thought she was going to be picked. And then there's a guy with the dot matrix in the printer. <laughs> or a dot matrix in the, what do you call it? Briefcase. 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 Well, that's a hard word. That's that's a 25 cent word. Why would I be able to know what that, why would I know what that is? <laughs> oh, for God's sake, why am I on the air? <laughs> I'm assuming battery powered. Yeah. <laughs> in the 80s. So you open up the bottom of it and it's got a space for... Well, let's see. The boombox I had in the 80s took like 12 D-sized batteries. So this thing must have been this thing must have been rocking about 18 to 20, 20 C or D-sized batteries in it to make it run. Wow. If, if we're talking real life, right? Yeah. I can't ever remember seeing a battery-powered printer, though. No, I don't think they actually exist, but you explain how the printer is. Because we hear the sound. Yeah. We don't literally see it running, but we do hear the sound. They're, the dot matrix printer is, is part of the background it, noise in the entire up. scene. Yeah, it's up and running. He is the only student that brought a dot matrix printer, which was actively printing out. So there, too, it was printing out from somewhere. It wasn't its own thing. Hmm. 
I wonder, back at the dawn of the internet, before there were, no, no, after there were computers, but before everyone could afford them, there was this thing called, I think it was called a teletype. Yeah. It was like a computer, except instead of a screen, it had paper. And so you would write your program and you would chat with people and you would do whatever you were doing. You would interact with your computer programs, your text-based computer programs, but it would be on a piece of paper instead of on a screen. Okay, I, I'm going down this road, but no, clearly, clearly it wasn't a teletype in there. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a, a dot matrix printer. Or it could have been a mojo wire. But is, that, is that a joke I'm not getting? It, it's what uh, some people call uh, those. It's like an early version of a fax machine. And it was called a mojo wire? <laughs> some people call it that, yeah. I know, Wait uh, a minute, Jason. By some people, do you mean... Hunter S. Thompson. Do you, do you mean you? Me and Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, okay, a mojo wire. I guess that's something Hunter S. Thompson could have said. Bill Murray Hunter S. or Johnny Depp Hunter S.? Bill Murray. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He actually shoots the mojo wire in that movie, Where the <laughs> Buffalo Roam. Yes. You know, when I was watching this, I was expecting there to be... My memory had conflated? No. My memory had inflated the number of over-the-top things that people brought to class to be about 10. <laughs> like, if I were describing this scene to someone two days ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, like, there's ten people different, there's ten people with things that, you know, one gets out a computer, and one gets out, like, a, a ledger, and one gets out, like, some sort of metal contraption, and another person has, like, like, a giant calculator on their desk, and someone else's, but no, it's just these three things, really. Scrubbing back and forth over the screen, I could spot these three things. Yeah. Well, there, there's the people with the briefcases that kind of pad that out to make it seem like there's more. You notice that, too. Yeah. The three times that they showed a person opening some crazy contraption, there was someone behind him opening a giant briefcase. Yeah. But the, you never saw what they actually had in there. Contraire! There was one guy where we saw in a later shot, in a later, another, a different cut, not a cut, a different shot just later on, where we get to see him actually shuffling papers out of his giant briefcase. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, I don't know if I should share this, but I did sort of an analysis of the class. So we've got... So going from the left, as you're looking at the class from the front, we've got six rows, okay? Yes. And we've got, and it's like six, six rows back. So there's like 36 people in this square. Yeah. It's a bodaciously small town. <laughs> Lane is, for instance, in the first row, I guess it'd be a column, wouldn't it? He's in the first column, sixth row, or no, no, he's in the first column, fourth row. Yep. So first, no, those are rows. He's yeah. in the, he's in the, but a column goes up and down. Oh, for God's sake, this, this <laughs> analogy is just breaking down. He's in the first row, fourth one back. Yes. And then metal telescoping girl, file organizer girl is in the fourth row from the left, and she's the fourth one back. And then the guy with the dot matrix computer is on the far side of lane. He's in the sixth row, and he's the fourth one back. Got a lot of fourth row action going on here. Yeah. Special, special things going on in the fourth row. Right in the middle. Yeah. Made the tracking easier. Well, what was so cool about that is there's this one shot where, like, you see the, is it the, it must be the dot matrix guy. As the dot matrix guy is opening up his briefcase and you see the printer emerge, you see Lane, like, leaning forward and looking over towards him from his side of the room. Yeah. As if to be like, what is that weird noise coming out of? Well, and just kind of looking around in amazement, you know, like the impression I always got is that he was just looking around going, oh my God, what didn't I do here? 
And then in the next shot, when he's getting ready to take the piece of paper out of his pants or whatever, he's still leaning, he's still leaning over and looking that way. Like, there must have been a pretty good director for this movie, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Or Continuity Girl, or something, because, like, they matched it perfectly. Yeah. Keep a lot of it, it, I'll say it again, a lot of attention to detail in this movie. Definitely. It's one of the things that elevates this movie from just a stupid, forgettable 80s teen comedy to something that's endured. Something that people continue to watch and enjoy, I think. Attention to detail like that. Yeah. It happens again later. Did you catch it? Later in the same same scene? Same minute. Same minute. This is the setup, and this is the thing I didn't catch until I was watching it this time. You know, there's the teacher, and I'm jumping ahead in the middle a little bit, but the teacher starts calling people, and he's hiding. Okay, so for 20 years, 30? Oh, for 30 years. Holy crap. Is that this year? Is this the 30th year anniversary? No. This would be like the 32nd. 32nd year. I'm never going to remember that. I should just have a bunch of post-its that are like 1985. Savage Her name is Jenny. <laughs> Savage Steve. Savage Steve. <laughs> In fact, I've got a post-it note right there. Just give it to me. Just give me my, give me my post-its right there. I'm going to do it right now. Is there a pen? Yes, there is. Okay. I'm writing. Savage Steve. What else? 1985. Wait, 1985, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, good. And what's that? What's that MASH actor's name? David Ogden Stiers. David Ogden Stiers? Yes. Stiers. All right. We're not going to have this issue anymore. <laughs> There's a scene where he is hiding behind a piece of paper so that the teacher doesn't call on him. I guess the scene is the whole thing. There's a shot where he's doing that. Yeah. And it turns out that's a completely different piece of paper than, than the note thing. That we haven't got to yet. Yeah, because it's it's straight. It's not crinkled up. Right. Well, we actually see him in the background of another shot, leaning over underneath of his desk to get that thing out. And then there's a cut, and and he's got that piece of paper. And it's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things. It's like Savage Steve, you know, has it enough in mind to, to make that continuity work out. So in the next shot, he isn't holding some blue piece of paper and he's holding some different thing. He got that piece of paper up and that's what he's got. Yeah. Or, or they would just have him hold up the crinkly piece, you know? Right. But, but he doesn't. I mean, they go through the effort to, to because he doesn't, because if you were in real life, you wouldn't be holding the crinkly piece up with the gum and the particles that fell out. Yeah. Which, by the way, what do you think that was? Uh, I don't know. It's like, I want to say either lint or gravel. I would say, uh, I would agree with gravel. It like clicked and had some weight to it. It fell out like, like okay, so he, he opens a piece of paper and it kind of all comes at once because the gum lets go at once and he opens it. And like stuff flies out. Yeah. Stuff that's like as big as like a broken off uh, piece of pencil lead, for instance. <laughs> like if you if you really just took the lead of a pencil and just smushed it down against the desk, like... They were things that big. Maybe that's what it was. Only that'd be weird. It'd be multiple broken pencil leads. So gravel? I don't know. My first guess was chocolate bar, but upon further inspection, it's smaller and gray. And kind of clicked. Yeah. When it hit the desk. It's like, has he got drywall in his pockets? (laughs) (gasps) Like gypsum board, you're saying? Yeah. What would he have in his pockets? What would a high schooler have in his pockets. By the way, stylishly dressed in this scene. 
He's got the cool, uh, tiny, vertical, horizontal, vertical line shirt yeah. with the pocket and the buttons up, yeah. button ups. It looked weird, though, like he was wearing two shirts. <laughs> Did you get that? No. It almost does look out like it's layered, but it's... Oh, you know what it is? It's just sewed that way. It's yeah. just extra fancy. Yeah. Okay. It looks almost like corduroy. Oh, my God. I forgot that part. He pulls it out of his pocket, and, like, there's a hair attached to it. Yeah. That's, like, the best touch in the whole scene is the, the little mm-hmm. pulling away of the hair. Oh, and I just caught this. Some of the particles stay stuck in the gum, whatever it was. Let's well, just petrified gum oh my god yeah maybe although i get the feeling from what i remember that this is the sort of thing like these people get assigned assignments like this all the time for the next day huge huge assignments and they're so enthusiastic about it i just love i I just love the scene just diverging from normal high school shenanigans if this were in the hands of anyone other than savage steve holland i feel like it would just be, we talked about this last minute, it would just be people falling asleep, people doodling. Throwing paper airplanes. But even Charles in this one, uh, when he starts calling on people to come up to the board to do the problem, to demonstrate their answer, even Charles is like standing up and, and waving his hand and wanting to do it, even though all he's got is this pig. Yeah. Oh God, what if the pig is his homework? <laughs> Illustrating the uh, geometric dilemma with the fatal pig. The diversity diversity of items that people brought in order to solve this proof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't have anything else on his desk. If he would have been called. Okay, a scene that wasn't filmed. This one is not a scene that happens before or after it, but happens. it's an alternative. Charles gets called to the board, and he takes the pig. Does he hold the pig up to his ear and the pig tells him the answer? <gasps> Maybe that's why he's telling it to wake up. Wake up in the last minute so that he doesn't like blow the answer when he's called on. <laughs> Geometric pig. Geometry pig. <laughs> yes, geometry pig. <laughs> anyway, I'm way off in left field. Where are we? We were at uh, geometry pig. Way to bring us back. <laughs> okay, so... I know I'm probably just being OCD here, but I noticed that when Mr. Kerber calls on people to come up to the board, there is a person who is almost putting their hand up before he asks, and that person is Sophia. Yeah, she is the very first. She gets her hand right up. She gets called right up. The second one is Buster. He's sort of a nerdy guy, Um, and he just puts his hand up in the middle. And then we don't see in what order Beth gets her hand up when he... When he picks her to come up to the board, but she's third. You get kind of get the uh, uh, feeling that he was planning on calling on her all along. In, in knowing why, he <laughs> 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 in knowing what's, in knowing that there's a scene coming up where he asked Lane for permission to date her. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could see that. But then Lane gets called up, and I wonder, like, of all the people, you can just. You can just sense the shit-eating grin he had on his face as he was calling Lane. (laughs) Because, I mean, in all the scenes, Lane is sitting there behind his little piece of paper. And then he asks him to join them at the board. Jason, I'm ready to call it. You got anything else to share? Nope. Well, then, take us out.
Don't forget to leave us a voicemail or text at 712-830-7373. That's 712-830-7373. Join us tomorrow for the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast Minute 26. Until then, I am Jason. And I am Curtis. Good night. Good night.